Hello, good people. This is Christine Jones, also known as Chrissy J, from Clear Choice Financial Solutions, LLC. And you are listening to yet another episode of our podcast, What's the Score? So tell me, what's the score, everybody? My goodness, what is happening in our world? I mean, from, you know, all of the tragedies that occurred even before COVID-19 was a thing. And then, of course, COVID-19 became a thing. And now we are dealing with the resurfacing um, of some issues that we always knew we had in our country, especially um, and don't get me wrong, throughout the world, but, but with this specifically, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with our home front, um, you know, having to do with racial disparity and, and you know, all of the hurt and harm that comes from that. Um, and so we are right at a pivotal moment we can actually use this moment and move beautifully beyond it. Or if we're not careful, we can lose this moment and drift right back into the same old, same old, right? Um, so I'm hopeful, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned. and. You know, here are a couple of my concerns because people who know me well know that I will boldly speak my mind and, you know, I'm not really concerned about who likes what it is that I'm saying. And that's partially because I'm going to do everything that I can do to not only be respectful, but to also, you know, have done my due diligence and researched and, you know, given great consideration to various elements of various sides of an issue so that I can effectively give reasons, facts, and details to support my position on something. I mean, that, that's what I teach students to do. And so I don't um, you know, negate that in my own life. Um, but I'm concerned. So let me just give you a little bit of, about why I'm concerned. Well, number one, you know, Dr. King talked about it not being so much the words of our enemies that we remember, but the silence of our friends. And, you know, I remember uh, watching, you know, Rihanna um, as she said, you know, you know, those of you who claim to be, you know, our friends, you know, and she said this long before, you know, this particular issue that is, is, is happening right now with, with the death of Mr. George Floyd. Um, but she said, you know, for those of you who are from other communities who claim to be our friends, you know, when something's happening, pull up. You know what I mean? In other words, you know, ride for us. 
let us know and let everybody else know that you stand with us. Now, I, I'm going to just step out and say I'm, I'm going to definitely believe that she's not talking about riding with us and standing with us in mess, right? I think we can all safely assume that we're simply speaking about when situations are happening to people and those people are innocent of wrongdoing or, or if they're not innocent of wrongdoing, the punishment that is rendered is far different from what is expected or what is even legal. And I, and I want to use the word legal carefully because in our history, you know, the law would say certain things, you know, and, and they would say that certain things were illegal, but to make certain things illegal was actually also immoral. So, so we did just celebrate the you know, allowance of interracial couples to marry. Now, you know, until that time, it was illegal for interracial couples to marry. Now, tell me that that's not immoral, though. Okay, so you could have fallen in love with someone and tried to marry them and you would have been breaking the law on a technicality. However, you know, to not be able to just love that person would actually be immoral. Okay, so I, I, I want to be careful how we qualify uh, what is legal. Okay, and then there are times when we're making things legal that just, <laughs> you know, um, depending on your uh, religious beliefs even, uh, could be questionable. But, but at the end of the day, let's just say this, you may not agree with something. Um, but if we believe in God, right, I think he can guide our, our decisions. And I think if we just leave it there, uh, we don't have to worry about all of the other nuances that, that can, can happen with, varying belief sets. All right. But, but back to what I was saying. Um, so we need to be very clear on making sure that we are able to stand up and be counted, especially when friends of ours are hurting. Right. Um, and we need to be very careful that we don't try to sit back and hide in comfort zones while attempting to act as if, you know, we are down with someone. Uh, let me explain what I mean by that. You know, so there are people with whom I associate that honestly, I, you know, question um, their true feelings, right? Because sometimes they are people who get by with a lot of mess with jokes. Right. So I'm always going to keep a watchful eye on that type of person. But I also noticed that, you know, when something is of a certain nature, especially something that's got racial undertones to it, you know, these certain people can always be found responding. Right. They, they, they don't see much else, but they can always you know, find a way to respond and they respond in certain ways. So they may respond by, you know, saying, Hey, listen, you know, um, don't worry about that. And, and, you know, 
just always take the high road. And I get all of that. You, you don't have to tell me to do that. Now, that, do I always, you know, take the high road? Not necessarily. Um, but I've lived long enough to at least try to make sure that if I'm not taking the so-called high road, that there's a good reason for it. And it's sometimes because I know that if I meet someone head on in a certain way, that it's going to cause them to come out with what they were actually really thinking. Now, I'm not going to curse them. I'm not going to do those things. But sometimes I am using a psychological tactic on someone and other people may not necessarily understand that. Um, but I'm very, very calculating in how I operate. Very few times do I actually um, operate just based on sheer emotion, right? Um, I normally think things through. Am I always correct? No, I'm not saying that, but I usually always think things through. So when someone tells me to take the high road and this, that, and the other, I get all of that. But what I'm also expecting is that you're not just going to address me if you clearly see that in this particular situation, I'm the victim. I need for people to stop addressing the victim. Certainly validate the victim. Let the victim know that, you know, hey, listen, that's not good. That's not who you are. Don't even don't even take that onto yourself. But immediately following that should be a statement of I've got you. And then you should be addressing the perpetrator. Right. But stop addressing the victim if you have no intention of addressing the perpetrator. And oftentimes people don't address the perpetrator because that's going to call for them to move outside of an unhealthy comfort zone. Because clearly there are some people who exist comfortably in multiple worlds. Let's just be real. So they're comfortably friendly with me and that they are comfortably friendly with those who hate me. And I'm not talking about hate me because I did something to them. I'm talking about hate me because of who I am, because of the color of my skin. Okay. And I don't really see how you can do that. Now I'm not saying that you have to cut everybody off, but people should clearly know where you stand. So, you know, sometimes if you cut everybody off, you know, you never get to be that positive influence. So I'm not saying that you cut everybody off. Let me, let me say that again, but don't address me and worry yourself about my reaction or my response when you have yet to let the perpetrator or the offender know how you feel about what they did. So when I see people who are unwilling to go that extra step, which really shouldn't be extra. It should go with the territory. Um, I, you know, I, I then become very concerned about who they are as an individual. And, and pretty soon, you know, I just kind of fall back from them. Let's just say, okay. Um, because I don't like fake. I don't like fake. You can be real with me and then I know how exactly to deal with you. And sometimes I may just deal with you by, you know, 
telling you how I feel and moving on. Okay. But I don't want to have to try to figure out who you are. Because that, I mean, even, even with that, I know who you are, but I don't like head games. So save it for me. That, that's, so that, that's the first thing. If you are my friend or you claim that you have any kind of, you know, good feelings toward me, then stand up and be counted when you see me hurting. And when, especially when you know why I'm hurting and especially if you know that I have done nothing to cause my own hurt. That I'm not, you know, just upset because I'm receiving due punishment, but that someone has actually wronged and harmed me. And you know what? When, when it comes to that, I know right now we're, we're really talking about a racial issue, but, but that transcends, you know, racial lines. That's everybody. If you, if you call yourself my friend, then pull up when you see me being wronged, whoever you are, whichever community you come from, my own community. If you're supposed to respect me and you, you supposedly have good feelings toward me, when you see someone going out of their way, especially to do me in, pull up for me. I'm not asking you to break the law. I'm not asking you to harm them and all of that. No, that's not me. But they should be very, very clear on where you stand and how you not only feel about me, but how you feel about what they did and what they have done to me. Accountability, right? So accountability on all fronts, accountability for those who claim to be my friend and accountability with those people within their own circle. Okay. Now that, that's the first thing. Another thing that I'm concerned about, right, is this idea that, and I want to be very careful with this because there are certain things that I, I definitely understand, but we have to stop trying to justify lawlessness. Now, I'm probably going to take a lot of heat for that. Okay. However, hear me out. There are some people who don't need a cause, so to speak, to turn out. That's who they are. That's what they live for. They love the attention of it. It seems like they get an adrenaline rush when they are acting the fool. And so these people, when there is an issue like this and they see an opportunity to turn out, they're going to jump on that. And we need to stop saying that people are looting and they're burning things because they are tired and that no, some, now some may be, I'm so let me separate that. Some may be, and I'll deal with that in a minute, but there's some who are not tired of anything. They haven't been through much. If they have, they've also caused much. So some people are actually looting and burning. And I'm, I, this is also aside from the people who may have been hired to do so. Some people are looting and burning 
because they've been dying to do something anyway. They're not concerned about the cause. They couldn't care less about the death of Mr. George Floyd or anyone else. They get a rush out of being defiant. And that is their motive and mission to be defiant. Right? That is not something that we can excuse by saying that they've been oppressed. I'm going to say it again. You are not oppressed because you're getting up at two o'clock in the afternoon when the jobs were given out at 9 a.m. on Monday. Right. So please understand that. Let's let's stop just using and throwing out these terms and then you know, lumping individuals who are causing their own situations, you know, lumping these individuals in to worthy causes. So no, you are not oppressed just because you don't have. The reason why you don't have may be an issue. But if you don't have what you need because you've been buying what you want, <laughs> that's not oppression. That's stupidity. Okay, so we, we really need to do a better job of cleaning up those, those terms. And I will say, some of that has to be done within our own communities. Right, because we lose credibility when we don't hold our own community responsible when they're wrong. We have to do that work. And this is for everyone, right? Whatever community or circle you identify with, you're going to find good and bad people. You've got to do the work of saying when someone is good and when someone isn't. And you have to hold people accountable. Because sometimes, and we do have to admit this, now sometimes people just are prejudiced. We get that. I'm, I'm, so I'm not talking about that. But sometimes... You know, we, we're very big on saying that we teach people how to treat us. So if that's the case, then when people watch how we treat each other and they're learning what we will and will not accept, then don't be surprised if they treat us based on what they think they've observed. Now, I'm not even saying that people shouldn't have better sense in some instances than to, you know, treat people in certain ways. But we do have to be very, very cautious about what we allow people to think we will accept. So there are major questions that have to be answered. And while I may be able to say, well, you know what, um, 
the, the, the crime that's going on in our own communities that is damaging our own selves um, that may not necessarily be the same as what's happening with racial um, injustice because racial injustice is an entire system set up against an entire group, whatever that group may be, whoever that group may uh, involve. And, you know, typical crime, while it may even outnumber some of the, the other, you know, issues and, and the other instances of what we call systemic injustice, individual injustice can simply be that, you know, somebody did something to someone. It may not have been personal. It, it just may be that, you know, they're just a bad person. They were going to do that anyway. They were going to, um, maybe they had, there's a mental health issue, Wh whatever it, whatever it is. But there is definitely a solid difference between individual occurrences, even though the numbers may be large. There's a difference between that and a system that is set up to view entire groups of people in certain ways, period. I get that, but we still have to do the work of making sure that others understand that we're not letting those in our community who can't seem to do the right thing slide. Because at the end of the, end of the, the day, they are causing others to view us all in certain ways that are not positive. So that has a negative impact on all of us. And I certainly don't want someone who has no control over themselves to um, speak for me, move, <laughs> stay away from me. Do not speak for me. All right. And, and, I, and I know sometimes when we say that people will say, well, no, you're selling out. You're the, no, I'm not selling out. I'm keeping myself safe and I don't have certain people in my atmosphere, my environment. I don't care who you are. So if you can't do the right thing, you need to get out of my environment. And if I'm in yours, then I'll leave. That's, that's the way it goes. All right. Um, so I, I, I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about, you know, what's happening with removing a lot of the symbols of oppression. Now, hear me out. Uh, because I heard something this evening, actually. There was an older gentleman and, you know, we, they were talking, the news was talking about, um, a statue of Christopher Columbus um, coming down in Camden. And of course, people actually brutalized that, that statue. Um, they had talked about the statue of um, Frank Rizzo coming down and murals coming down and things. And, and so this evening, there was a group that was protecting the statue of Christopher Columbus. And an older man said that he did not understand. He happened to be a, a, an older white man. He said that he did not understand why people can't leave their stuff alone. 
Like, what did Christopher Columbus do that was so bad? Like, he was an honorable person. And I was like, wow. You know, oftentimes we, we talk about um, history not being taught, <laughs> and here's a perfect case of it. Here's a perfect case of it. And I'm sure that when that man was in school, the only thing that he heard about Christopher Columbus was that he discovered America. Period, right? <laughs> and so in his mind, he probably does not understand how we wouldn't respect someone who discovered America. He may not have heard that part where Christopher Columbus, not only did he really not discover America as we know it, he actually ended up on the island of Hispaniola, but um, he was very brutal to the people that he found. Not that they were lost. <laughs> we want to clear that up as well. You, you can't come to my house and claim you discovered me. <laughs> so we want to clear that up. Uh, but it was very clear that he enslaved people, major amounts and numbers of people, that he was very brutal to them, and that people did not matter to him if they did not matter to him, okay? There's no other way to put it. So when you're glorifying him, not only are you giving him credit for something that did not happen, and as a matter of fact, America is not even named after him. America is actually named after Amerigo Vespucci, okay? So beside that, though, to honor someone who had a reputation for brutalizing people who looked like me or who looked like those native to this land. Regardless even of what they look like, to brutalize anyone, that's a problem. And so, you know, it is said that when he was called back by you know, Ferdinand and Isabella of Spain and was, was chastised for what he had done, which was seemingly opposite to what they had asked him to do. So he was supposed to be making um, or converting anyone that he found to Christianity, but instead he made slaves out of them. He really ended up dying in disgrace because they told him that basically, you know, your services are no longer needed. You, no, you can't, you, we, you did what we asked you not to do. And so we continue to celebrate someone who harmed a lot of people. And that's putting it mildly. So clearing up history is, is a, a, a must but here's what else concerns me. For all of those who are quick with the hammers and all that, and you just want to tear these things down, stop and think. 
Don't destroy history. Don't destroy history. Sure, take those symbols down so that they are not monuments in the faces of those who are ancestors of those who have been hurt. Take those symbols down. But then put them where they can be used as tools of teaching. Because to simply tear them down and that's the end does not teach the why. Does not teach why the tearing down was done. Why it was necessary. And how we can move beyond that. You know, and so, so for example, sometimes when, you know, a surgeon finds a mass in someone. Um, you know, they, there's a couple of things that they may think about it. But if they simply remove that mask and just throw it in the trash, dispose of it, I should say, properly. Well, how will you know if there's underlying disease that you need to treat? If you simply throw it out and you never, you never analyze it. And so what I'm saying is that some of these monuments that we are damaging and just destroying. They're like that mass. Clearly there's something wrong in the body. So now we need to get to the bottom of it. Let's analyze that. Let's use them as tools of teaching. So just as that surgeon would analyze that mass and then use the information found to inform a, a, a treatment plan and also to inform perhaps others who are students in this area of study as to what was found, what to look for, and how to go about treating, we have to do the same thing in society. These elements of hatred are, are, are masses, cancerous growths, if you will. But we won't know how widespread that cancer is if we don't analyze that mass. I'm not asking anyone to keep relics of hatred up. I'm asking you to not lose sight of potential value. And the value would be studying, analyzing, and teaching so that people now know the why behind removal. And so that every time that thing is seen, and that may be just, you know, in a museum, every time that thing is seen, someone is learning the history of that. That's all that I'm asking. But that is definitely a concern because I think some of us are just moving too quickly.
Let's tear it down, tear it down. Uh, take it down. Tear it down, not so much. Take it down, move it somewhere, and then create meaningful teaching and dialogue around it. Okay? And, you know, there, there are always going to be other concerns, but those are my major ones. Major ones. We, we definitely, um, you know, need to have accountability on all fronts. And we definitely need to make sure that we are making use of teachable moments. So, again, this is, this is a lot. Um, however, it, it can be one of the greatest moments in history. How, what we do with these individual moments that are comprising this larger moment will be the, the determining factors in how this all plays out. I would just always say, whatever your response, make sure that you have thought out what you want people to do with your course of action. Because if you haven't thought that out, your course of action may be in vain. So case in point, and again, you know, I, I, I say things that and, and, and operate in a way that I'm not really concerned about how people feel about me because I, I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to operate in a respectful manner and respectable manner. But when you're looking at any type of protest, Think about what the end result of your protest is going to be. All the possible ways that it can be taken and whether or not in that you can at least get close to what it was that you were trying to accomplish. So if you are really trying to hurt a particular company that may have a racist past, A company exists because of the money they make. So if you hurt them in their pockets and wallets and bank accounts, then chances are you're going to hurt them. But that means that there is a plan. Not necessarily to destroy things so that then they can go ahead and perhaps collect insurance and regroup, just take all of those resources away from you. But in such a way where they now are like stuck with product that may be sitting on the shelves. Where every time they look at that, they are reminded that groups of people that they may have counted out are having a major impact on their ability to financially survive. 
burning down things that you need. That's like burning down your house because your neighbor made you mad. Angry. Why would you burn down your house? And I'm not suggesting that you burn down your neighbor's house either, so I thought I'd better come back around and say that. But maybe the next time your neighbor comes to you and asks you for milk <laughs> or bread, you can remind them, that you remember how you felt about me then? Keep that same energy. So that when they are experiencing a loss that they attach meaning to, then maybe your point has been made. But if you simply get mad at your neighbor because they, they, they did something or didn't do something that you were expecting them to do and you burn down your house, only thing that happens is that you don't have a place to sleep now. And of course your neighbor's not gonna take you in. So let's stop wanting to just cover for insanity. Let's just call it what it is. Stop letting people speak for a movement who would not have been for that movement any other time. Stop letting people speak for a movement who were just going to turn up anyway and turn out. Don't allow them to draw you in on taking from yourself because that doesn't make sense. Now, I get sacrifice. That makes sense. But what's the point of what's being done? So that is the reason for like peaceful protests because you know even as i tell students when something's happening if 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 as a staff we walk up on a fight we're not going to know who's wrong we just are addressing a fight whereas if someone is being bothered and they're able to at least attempt to get help, or if it's clear that they are, whatever they're doing is self-defense, is in self-defense, that's different. But this just un, how do I want to put this now? Um, this, this, what's the word I'm looking for? unregulated, let's just say, display of emotion and lack of self-control cannot be allowed to speak for a movement that is worthwhile. And I think we need to do a good job of going back to some of the, 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 the documentation and footage from some of the old protests. Not that everything is going to be the same. And I know there are going to be some where, you know, Dr. King was peaceful and they still shot him. This is true. 
but it also brought to light that even when you do the right thing, there are some who are going to hate you. That is far different from Dr. King wilding out and being killed because he was in the mix. You have to admit that's far different. So I'm going to leave it there. This is, you know, I've, I've probably, you know, talked a little longer than I, I meant to, but I, I felt like I needed to explain a few things. And, you know, I'm going to be very deliberate about who I allow into my personal space and environment. If you can't be clearly for me, then I'm going to assume you're against me. And that may not be that I have any, you know, hard feelings towards you, but I will watch you and, and I'll watch you, you know, as you're not in my space. <laughs> OK, um, because I'm, I'm going to have a certain energy around me and I'm going to give off a certain energy. So I, I only want what is working in, you know, for my good. OK, but thank you for listening to this part of of the, the podcast. Now, we will. Um, be speaking about some financial issues. And, uh, you know, I, I hit on this in another uh, episode, but people are using this time to really do some damage um, with respect to accounts. And I, I talked about that. It might have even been the last, um, the last episode, but there's more information that I have about it now that I think you'll be very in interested in. And we're going to talk about how to go about protecting yourself from certain um, scams. All right. How's that sound to you? All right. So we will be back after a brief break. Welcome back. Now, we are definitely going to switch gears a bit, and we're going to talk about something that you have heard me touch on before, but today I'm going to talk about a different side of things. So I am going to talk a little bit more about this whole idea of identity theft, and one way to try to counteract that and give you some real solid tips to do so. Now, we are going to talk about a credit freeze. And a credit freeze typically locks your credit file so that creditors can't actually see your file. Now, this does not have anything to do with companies with whom you may already be doing business, okay? This is really specific to companies as it pertains to opening new lines of credit. Right. And so the theory behind this is that if you have a freeze on your credit file and your credit file can't be seen, then it may be more difficult for someone to open a line of credit in your name. Now, when you do this, you want to contact usually all three major credit bureaus. That's TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. But there's more to it. Okay. Now, when you do contact these, you can do it by mail. You can do it, you know, online. You can also call. Either way, uh, once they receive 
your request for a freeze, then they have to give you a PIN number, which you definitely need to keep in a safe place because if you ever want to take that freeze off, and you probably will at some point, you want to make sure that you have that PIN number so that you can get that freeze lifted. All right. But thinking in terms of what we need to do to accomplish this, yes, once again, contact the three major credit bureaus and they will take things from there. Now, I want to make sure we're clear. This is not a fraud alert. A fraud alert is related, but it is a bit different. A, a fraud alert actually just, you know, puts a notice on your files that if there is an attempt made to open up a line of credit, that you must be contacted to make sure that it was actually you. Okay. So that is a bit different and you just want to make sure that you know which is which. And in the case of a fraud alert, if you contact one bureau, they have to contact the other two and let them know that you have placed a fraud alert on your account. That's different from the credit freeze where you have to actually contact each entity. All right. Now, that being said, let's talk about some of the other agencies that you need to contact. So there are other credit reporting agencies. There's actually one that's considered the fourth credit bureau and it's called Innovis. All right. So you definitely want to contact them and have your file frozen because they are a minor bureau, but they still are a bureau. So sometimes it's not often, but sometimes it has been found that someone will freeze their credit with the major credit bureaus and still something happens. And it's because someone has gotten through on some of these side agencies. Okay. So Innovus is one of those agencies. Now there's also Sage Stream, which is another credit reporting agency. Once again, you want to contact them and let them know that you want to freeze your credit. Now, some will ask about identity theft. Please don't lie. This is not something where we're just blanketly going around making statements that are not true. However, if you have been a victim of identity theft or if you are concerned about it, you know, for example, you may have received a call uh, with someone claiming, you know, that they had some kind of information uh, you know, from some kind of agency, you know, pertaining to you. And, and you may have that concern. That's fair. But be honest. OK, because you don't want to fraudulently put anything on your credit file either. Okay. That that's never good. So SageStream is an additional agency that you want to contact. Now let's also then talk about some other agencies that you may not think of. So there's the national consumer telecommunications and utilities exchange or the NCTUE. Now this is the company that people can go to when they want to, you know, offer you a, a, a mobile phone account. Uh, and even if you are opening utilities accounts, uh, often this is the go-to agency. So what that means is you need to put a credit freeze in place with them 
in case someone would attempt to get a phone in your name or in case someone would attempt to, you know, put their gas company in your name, that account in your name. So keep that in mind. Then there is the agency that offers information to banks. So if you're trying to open up a checking or savings account, this agency lets them know of your credit worthiness or lack thereof. And it's called Checks Systems. That's C-H-E-X Systems. This is the agency that will um, let you know or let banks know if you should be allowed to open those savings and checking accounts. So once again, same process, contact them and have them put a freeze on your credit file. Then there is my E-Verify self-lock and that is through the Department of Homeland Security. And this agency actually um, will allow you to freeze your information with them so that no one actually applies for employment in your name. Believe it or not, that does happen. So if you, you know, put a freeze in place with them, now understand if someone is dead bent on, you know, hacking, some of them are pretty savvy these days. It's not like it's a 100% guarantee, but it certainly makes the odds greater in your behalf that you will be safe from hacking if you do these things, okay? So putting a freeze in the My E-Verify self-lock system or agency helps you to uh, make it less likely that someone will be able to apply for employment in your name. Then there is the Social Security Administration where you need to actually set up an account there. And that means that you want to have your Social Security number and other accompanying information protected, right? Because I don't know if you've ever received a call that said that your Social Security number had been suspended, etc. That's a scam understand that, you know, these types of agencies won't just cold call you. Now, that's not to say that they won't ever call you, but it would normally be in, in line with maybe you contacted them and they are simply returning your call. Okay. That type of thing. But even still, I would always err on the side of caution. And even if you know that you contacted them and you feel like they're returning your call, don't necessarily hold a conversation over the phone that you did not initiate the call for. Okay. So just keep that in mind, but you want to um, lock your information with the social security administration. And then finally for this series, you may have uh, noticed that you get pre-screened offers. You can't stop them unless you actually opt out. So, Understand that you must opt out going to optoutprescreen.com. I mean, you can also call. There's a, there's a number that you can, can call. But obviously, if you want to call, you can also go to the website and get that number. You have to specifically opt out of those offers. Now, keep in mind, there may be some offers that you want. If you opt out, you're not going to get those either. However, it does make it a little harder 
for anyone who is going to commit identity theft to get away with that with you. Okay. So those are just a few companies now. Now, believe it or not, there are more, but these are just companies to give you a start, right? So you have the three major credit bureaus, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. You have the fourth credit bureau, Innovus. You have Sage Stream. You have the NCTUE. You have Checks Systems. You have, you know, the My E-Verify Self-Lock. You have the Social Security Administration. And you have the Opt-Out Prescreen website. Okay, so I hope that gives you a little bit to work off of because every little bit helps. And especially during this time of global unrest, um, hackers are doing their thing. They think that we are preoccupied. They're hoping that we are. And so trust me, they are stepping up their game. It's also election time. So we tend to see an uptick in you know, hacking during those times. You know, let's, let's just face it. So once again, just, you know, take the time to make your accounts as secure as possible. And please, by all means, be safe. It's a dangerous world out there. I mean, and, and it's not getting any better. So be safe. We will, by God's, you know, grace, Come to you again next week. If you need us, I'm Christine Jones. You may reach me at 215-901-7651 or you can contact the business and leave a message at 888-404-5815. You may leave me an email at crjones at clearchoicefinancialsolutions.com and you can go to the website at clearchoicefinancialsolutions.com. Talk to you later and God bless.